You ever wonder what it would be like to live in that first century? I mean, to, to live in the, the place of these, these, these cities and areas of, of the Bible, walking from Galilee, seeing the city of Jericho, the, I mean, all of the history there. What about walking with Jesus? What if you were part of the 5,000 that seemed to follow him everywhere? How different would your life be if you were actually there to hear the words of Christ? I would suggest to you not a lick different than what you are today because it's not what you know. It's not even from whom you hear it. It's what you do with the truth. Many of the parables that we are looking at have such to do with that very, very same truth. So as we dive in and uh, see what is yet another parable, commonly known as the parable of the soils, the soils. That's a weird word, isn't it? Everybody say soils and see how weird that feels. Go ahead. Say it a couple of more times just to experience the full weirdness of that word. I lived in Texas. There was a commercial and <laughs> on the radio that I listened to. And it was an old baseball player, and he just had that accent. He said, hi, I'm Nolan Ryan. I ain't know about foundation problems all of my life. And I know we have problems with our souls. And <laughs> it sounded like he was saying souls, and I'm like, amen, brother. But he was talking about concrete repair. <laughs> Crazy stuff, my friends. So when we dive in here, we're starting here in verse 4, and we notice a bit of the context. The telling of this parable gives us a bit of context. There was a, a very large crowd, and we are, we are not surprised by this. It seemed that wherever Jesus went, people were following here. Look at verse 4. And what a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him. He said in a parable. Now, we're going to learn quite a bit here, but I want you to notice that he, he taught them a parable. And we know parables as these odd little stories, don't we? We'll talk about that in just a bit, but notice the familiarity of the story. This would have been very well known to the people going on here. I mean, we've learned about it. He says, a sower went out to sow. Well, what else would a sower do but go out to sow? And, and that simply meant that he went out to plant a bunch of seeds. And the way they did it is they would have this bag of seed and just... And it would go everywhere. I mean, it was not very strategic unless the strategy was, well, some of these got to grow somewhere. And that, my friends, is exactly what's going on here. And as he sowed... Some fell along the path. Now, this path that he's referencing is these paths would go between different fields, you know, family-owned fields. And, and these would be the most trafficked parts of the field. If you were walking through the field, more than likely, you'd be walking on these paths. So, of course, as you'd imagine, they were quite beat down. And as he sowed, some of the seed fell along the path. And was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on a rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. 
And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, if you've not read this before, if it's brand new to you, you would say, well, what is he talking about? Is he giving farming tips? You know, avoid those particular areas and you'll do well? I mean, what is this all about? And that, my friend, is the exact purpose of a parable. Hey, even now you've heard this, you're like, oh, I heard this one before. Then I would ask you, what's the point of this parable? Well, I would suggest to you that uh, it might be good to ask this question, my friend. You know, what's the strategy of a parable? You know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, what does that mean? That we all have ears? I mean, I have hearing aids, but I have ears. You know, isn't that kind of ordinary? What does that mean? Interesting. Well, this quote is, is actually from Isaiah chapter 6. And I know that some of you just went, I know that one. I grew up in the church. And every time we had a missions conference, it seemed that they would always have us turn to Isaiah chapter 6. You know, oddly enough, the, the text itself does not give much of a, a, a bright future, you know. I mean, really, the message uh, that uh, God, the Lord, is, is having here with Isaiah is the nation of Israel hasn't got a very bright future here. You know, you shall not have 6,000 people in your church. You shall not pass go, and you shall not collect $200. I mean, it's that kind of a feel, like, whoa. You know, I mean, today, if you want to, go ahead and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. And yet you'll see immediately why this, this, ver, this, this section of Scripture is used at a missions conference. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, Isaiah speaking says, he says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Well, then I said, Here I am, send me. Well, that surely is, my friends, the right response. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. And make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Well, then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitants and houses without people, and the land is desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, and though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again. It's quite a sad passage here, my friends. You're like, what is that all about? You see, the nation of Israel had disobeyed God, like in every way they could come up with. I mean, they, they just invented new ways to sin against God. And God had sent prophets to warn them over and over again. But they would not listen. They did not 
have ears to hear. Yada, 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 yada is all they heard. And so now God was about to remove them from the land and take them into captivity and teach them something about following God. Well, let's get back to this, this uh, purpose, the strategy of a parable. I mean, we've already showed our hand in reading this. The strategy was to teach truth to Jesus' disciples. You know, when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But the second purpose of a parable is to hide truth from the detractors. Why? But for others, yeah, but for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and in hearing they may not understand. These are people who followed him around looking for something, holding their hand out, give me, give me, give me, give me. Or people who just sat back and said, oh, that's not right. I never would have used that story in my sermon. Oh, no, not at all. You see, a parable is not an illustration. The point of an illustration is to make something clear. But the point of a parable is to keep it somewhat hidden. And what would be the point of that? That only those who care will work on it. The point of a parable is for those to whom want to know truth, they will work for it. It takes a little bit extra effort involved with this. So this strategy, it's, it's not an illustration. I mean, there's all sorts of kinds of parables. For example, think of this one. Even monkeys fall from trees. You may say, what does that have to do with anything? Or you might say, what does that mean? Even monkeys fall from trees. Monkeys are very good at falling or climbing trees, and yet even those experts make mistakes. Did you catch that? Yeah, lots of little odd parables that, that seem ridiculous or like a joke. How about this one? I mean, you're not going to find these in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> How about this? If you're going to buy a fur coat, make sure the bear isn't still wearing it. What does that mean? Is that a joke? Is that being silly? Or is there a truth hidden in that? Well, it all depends on your perspective. Some of you might be thinking, can we get back on with this, Pastor Dave? Yeah. And you might miss it. You might miss it. So in the parable, the teller doesn't make the connection. The teller leaves it for those who actually care. So what is the meaning here then? What is the meaning of this parable? Well, fortunately for you and I, Jesus had a little powwow with his disciples and said, now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Did you know that one? You've probably heard it before, so maybe you did. So the seed is the word of God, and the soils are the conditions of the hearer's hearts. Think of that. Did you take good notes? Do you remember what, the, what happened when that sower went out to sow? What happened to the seed? Well, 
along the path. It was all trampled down and calloused. Birds came along and, and ate up the seed. But here Jesus says, verse 12, now the ones along the path are those who have heard and then the devil comes along and takes the word away from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Well, that's perplexing, isn't it? It makes me wonder if we are not an illustration of this parable here today. In hearing the word of God, how will it be received? The evil one, snatching it away. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, Paul reminds the church that the God of this world, Satan, blinds the minds of people so that they cannot understand and they cannot believe. How does he do that? I suppose there's all kinds of strategies, like the distractions that are going on in your mind even now, the things you're thinking about this afternoon. Stuff you've wanted to do. Maybe a really good idea that just popped into your head and you've got to write it down. Sometimes, think about this. It's the distraction of some other truth. Hey, that reminds me of a different parable and off you go and you miss it. Now granted, friends, I've learned a lot about the scriptures by being distracted in a text <laughs> onto something else to focus but how distracted are you today? So the soils are the conditions of the hearer's heart. Some along are trampled down and callous to it. And it just lays there. There's no root to it. There's no, no opportunity for anything to grow. And here in verse 13, and the ones on the rock are those who when they hear the word, receive it with joy. Oh my goodness, this is brilliant. Did you hear this? Oh my goodness, and you talk about it in the hallways and on the ride home and in the living room and while you're eating supper and you're amazed by. And yet, but these have no root. There's no depth to it. And they believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. Oh, this is hard. I've got other things going. I'm so busy. I don't have time for this. Choked out. And speaking of choked out, verse 14 says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. Oh, sure, it's planted, but it's choked out by other things. And I want you to notice, it's not so much negative that Jesus lists out here. This is, it's the pleasures of this world and the happiness. And look, the bears are playing, and they're doing really good. And all of the other good things in your life that choke out the truth. Which one are you today? Or are you the fourth? Look at here in verse 15. As for that in the good soil, well, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast and honest in a good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. And you will notice what you've always known, the purpose 
of sowing the seed in good soil is the bearing of fruit. When the Word of God is producing fruit in your lives, my friend, that is how you identify that you are good soil. Well, what do you mean by fruit? Is that some metaphor that we're supposed to figure out? Well, why not? In the Scriptures, the New Testament, fruit is, is used to talk about many things. A Christian character, the fruit of the Spirit being developed in someone's life is certainly a result of the Spirit of God using the Word of God in the heart of the child of God to conform them to the character of the Son of God, all for the glory of God, changing you from the inside out. Sometimes fruit is fruit of praise, this joy and excitement Maybe when you look out the window out there and you see the trees, the limbs, and you think it's nothing but chaos, or is it? Or are what we're seeing the fingerprints of God and the beauty of his creation and his wisdom to know that if it doesn't snow, we're going to have a really rough spring? Yeah, we need the moisture, friends. Remember the, the one with no soil, no, no moisture? Yeah going to choke it out. In some regards, fruit is, is, is an offering. Paul can't wait to visit a church to take up an offering, and he refers to it as fruit. He doesn't say loot, he says fruit, because <laughs> this is a result of the Word of God bearing fruit in our lives, willingness to let go of the things we hold so tightly. A little bit more there than you thought, hey? If only we gave it a little more time to think about. But the test of good soil, my friends, is fruit. So what do we do with this? Well, first, let's wrap it up in a statement. Fruit is born not by the skill of the preacher or even the power of the truth, but by the condition of the heart of the one who hears it. Matters not if you hear the greatest preachers in the world. You may get smarter, my friend. But does it make you more holy? Does it make you love God deeper and the people around you? Hmm. So stop making excuses for the lack of fruit in your life. There are two reasons, my friends. If you are not seeing spiritual fruit develop in your lives, it is because of one of two things, a lack of Bible intake. The seed is the Word of God. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God in our lives. Hide His Word in your heart, my friends. Get it there. Or maybe just plain bad soil. Yeah, what do I mean by that? It's not an insult. It just means that you have not cultivated your, your heart. Well, how does one do that? Well, cultivate the soil of your heart with con the, the confession of sin, the walking carefully in holiness, in obedience to God. Time in prayer, waiting on the Lord, practicing the disciplines that lead to maturity. 
These are foreign concepts, my friend. It will reveal a lot about what's going on in your life. So cultivate the soil of your heart. Be good soil when you hear the word of God. And don't minimize the hearing of God's word. A verse, something that comes to mind, think on it, my friends. Maybe it's something you heard on the radio, some funny thing somebody posted on social media. Don't consider anything an accident. Think on these things. It may very well be that the Spirit of God has then provided the next puzzle piece, as it were, in putting things together in your life. Don't overlook the small things, and certainly don't waste the big ones. I wonder, how strategic were you today in coming? Did you remember your Bible? I forgot my flash drive today. I record the sermons, and I take them home and put them on our website. I forgot to do that. I was going to bring my laptop, too, but I remembered my Bible. I never forget my Bible. Right, honey? I don't remember now. Maybe I have. Where's Melanie? She's hiding. (laughs) Always ask God, what should I do with this? God, what what does this mean? I mean, even now you might be thinking, okay, we understand this parable. What does that have to do with me? How about this? Take some time this afternoon to soak in it. To review it. What were the four kinds, four kinds of soils? Do you remember? Go ahead. I mean, there was the good one. That's the easy one, right? What were the other guys? And maybe begin to explore in your own life. Is this me? Is the word of God being choked out by the thorns of life? Am I so callous Because I've heard this so many times, I don't really even listen anymore. That is how we cultivate good soil in our lives. The Word of God produces fruit a hundredfold. Where there is much fruit, there is much glory for God, my friends. It is not for us to be celebrated, but to celebrate the one who did it in our lives. So I ask you, do you have ears to hear? Verse 